Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for the NCC podcast. God is doing so many great things in our community, and I trust that he's doing great things in your life as well. And I trust that God is going to speak to you through this message. Hey, uh, we are wrapping up, as uh, Pastor Denny said, we're wrapping up our Divine Design Relationship Series. And I want to just uh, start with our core scripture for this series. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And this is what it says. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. You see, we first thing we need to recognize is that there is a way, there is a pattern, there is a custom in which the world thinks and talks about marriage relationships. And our warning here is to say, hey, don't just conform to the ideologies. Don't just conform to the verbiage. Don't just conform to the pattern that exists in the world uh, out there about marriage and and marriage relationships. You, You don't have to conform to that, but instead... You can begin to change the way that you think about this amazing thing called marriage. You can change the way that you think about this thing called relationships. And out of that, God will have the opportunity to therefore transform your life, transform your lives, transform your marriage so that it doesn't look like anything else that maybe you've ever seen before in your life. He says, if you go through this process, right, the word of God says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So we don't have to get stuck with what we've seen. We don't have to get stuck with what we have. God can transform us. God can transform us within relationship to get more. You know, it's just the one thing that we that we have to always remind ourselves is this, right? That that Jesus didn't invite us into the average life, (laughs) right? Jesus says, the reason that I came is that you might have life, that you would have it to the full in abundance until it overflows. Jesus invited us into an abundant life, not an average life. (laughs) So if he invited us into an abundant life, he also invited us into an abundant marriage, abundant relationships, because he's the God of abundance. And you say, well, that's not what I've seen. Well, that's fantastic, because what you've seen is not what God offers. He offers more. (laughs) He offers more. And so... So as Christians, as Christ followers, like we, we would say, okay, uh, like there's this thing that would say our, our relationships should be different, right? Our marriages should be different. But here's what we find is that they're not different if we don't make them different. <laughs> they're not different just because you profess Jesus Christ. <laughs> Your relationships don't transform just because you're going to ultimately go to heaven one day. No, you have to make your relationships different. And, and we've kind of been using this motto throughout the series to say design relationships for divine purpose. Because if you don't design the relationship, the relationship will not be what it could or should be. So you actually have to have a design. That word design, uh, it, it means to form or fashion skillfully or artistically. Okay, So it means that you've got to form the relationship. 
You've got to fashion the relationship. You have to build the components of the relationship. You've got to, you've got to do the work on the relationship, and it is skillfully, meaning that, that there are some skills that translate over all relationships that are always applicable, but then within your personal relationship, that's where you get artistic. So it is skillful, but it is also artistically because you've got to fashion it and form it in the way that works for the two personalities that are engaged in this marriage and so we have to design it and so as we kind of think through this whole concept of designing relationships for divine purpose we are working it through this framework okay the framework of purpose perspective plan and practice okay and basically the idea is this is you have to start with purpose because purpose is your why. If you don't start with why this matters, if you don't start with your overall purpose, then, then nothing else is really going to work. So you start with purpose, and then it's our purpose that shapes our perspective. Your perspective is your mental view. It is your mindset, right? So our purpose is going to shape our perspective, and then our perspective is going to form our plan. So out of our mindset and our mentality, the way that we are seeing life and seeing marriage, seeing relationships, now we start to create a plan for that, and then out of that plan, right, is going to inform how are you going to practice? What are you going to put into practice, and then what do you need to continue to practice that you have already put into practice? And so a few weeks ago, we started this, and we said, hey, our purpose in, in marriage, a purpose for a Christian marriage is, is twofold, right? It, it, is to, it is to glorify God and to build his kingdom. All right, and then you would say, well, that doesn't sound very original, right? Like, that's, isn't that the purpose of every Christian, right? And it would be like, yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it, is the, it is the purpose of all of us. But now two have become one, and we're still on the same mission. We want to glorify God. We want to shine the goodness of God into the world, and we want to be a part of establishing his kingdom on the earth. That's our purpose. That's the purpose of marriage. And if you go out in a different purpose, well, I, I thought purpose was for me to be ultimately happy. I thought the purpose of this was all these different things. Well, then you're not going to end up where you need to end up. Purpose is to glorify God and to build his kingdom. And the perspective that we talked about last week, the perspective is what? Future focused. Future focused. That's the perspective. You've got to have the mental view and your mindset on the future because if all you are doing is looking at the past, how I many you know that's not going to turn out well? The perspective is future focused. And so today we're going to talk about the plans and the practice of marriage. The plans and the practice of marriage. So we're going to do both of those parts at the end. Now, let me just, before we get into it, let me just say that today's plans start with this with you planning to grow. We're going to talk about plans, but if you're not planning to grow, the plans that we talk about are not going to matter. <laughs> because you need to have a desire to improve, a desire to upgrade, because you want everything that God has for you, because you want the abundance that he has for you, because you want the more that he has for you, because you want more peace and more joy and more strength and more courage and more purpose and, 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 and more influence and more impact, because you want all of the more that God has for you, I've got to plan to grow so that I can go to that level that God wants me to be at. That's where it starts. This is what it says in Proverbs 16, 33. It says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Everybody say plans. plans. Okay, here's what we do sometimes, right? We say, okay, God, I commit my life to you. 
God, I, I give you, God, I trust you. you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You, you are my Savior and my Creator. I trust you. I commit my life to you, but then we don't have a plan. So while we commit our life to God, we don't have a plan for anything, anything to happen. What does the Scripture say? It says, then your plans will succeed. <laughs> okay, well, you, how many of you understand? You got to have a plan if it's going to succeed. <laughs> Right, So we're living with this idea that, well, if I just commit myself to God, God's going to take care of the rest. And God says, no, 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 that's a good idea. You need to put your faith, hope, and trust in me. <laughs> that's a great idea. Commit your life and your actions, your words, and your Commit it all to me. Yeah, that's really good. But then you need to give me something to bless. <laughs> and it will be that God will help your plans to succeed. I love what Zig Ziglar says. He says, you were born to win. But to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. And having a plan for your marriage, listen, having a plan for your marriage is essential to you creating the marriage you want. You having a plan is essential to you creating the life that you want. But now let's just be, be, be honest, right? It's not the same for everyone. Not everything is right and wrong. Can we just say that? There's not, not everything is right and wrong. Some things are preference. Some things are seasonal. Some things are just what I think is best. That's just, that's just what it is. There, there are things like you can read a book. You can't read a book and just take everything as like right and wrong. Except, except maybe the Bible, right? But I'm just saying like you, you can't read like a marriage book and go, oh, this is the way you're supposed to do marriage because it's not right and wrong. I remember how I learned that. Me and Destiny were just married. Somebody thought they were going to really help us out and give us, a, a, you know, give us this nice marriage book uh, called Love and Respect, Okay. And the basic, the basic premise of this, uh, of this book, right, is that women need love and men need respect. Okay, fine, you know, a, a stereotypical book, right? Okay, so they, they give us this book. And so Destiny's, I never will forget Destiny's reading this book. And then I just hear, wham! And I look over there and she has just thrown the book down. <laughs> and I said, what's going on? She said, I ain't reading this crap. I said, I said, what she said, talking about women need love. She said, you better respect my butt. I was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You better believe it. I, you got all the respect you need. I've been 20 years now, nothing but respect, you know. But the thing, some people read that book, and it sets a great, a great framework for their marriage, right? Because they read, we, we just learn really early. Marriage books don't really work for us. They don't work for us. So what did we read? We read business books. Because 20 years ago, we started D's Corp, right? It's like D's Corporation, right? So we need to know how do we solve problems for, you know, conflict management. We start reading about all these things that make a business work, and we're like, wow, these things make a relationship work too. And so that, that's the way that we went into it. So that's how we got to a mission statement. That's how we got to core values. That's how we got to all these things because we realized, wow, we're, we're, we're not just, we're not wired in that way. And so we had to find what worked for us. But guess what? We had to create a plan for us. We couldn't just go, well, well, I guess, I mean, that doesn't really work for us, so we'll just, you know, we'll just see what happens. No, you got to have a plan to create something that, that, that works for you. The way, the way, Destiny mentioned it like a few weeks ago if you were here, but like the way that we talk to each other. 
It don't work for everybody. They don't work for everybody. The, the way that we speak to each other, it just, doesn't, it, just, it just doesn't work, okay? I mean, we are just, we are direct. We are to the point. We, 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 don't, we don't mix words. Like, kindness is not the goal, okay? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we are, we are trying to accomplish the mission, figure out the problem. We are trying to get down to it, and we'll, we'll be kind when it's over. But we are going for it. But listen, some people are like, I, there's not a shot I would be in that kind of marriage, right? Okay, that's fine. You just got to know what works for you. Just got to know what works for you. And, and, but if you don't have a plan, guess what? You can't create what works for you. You got to have a plan. And so let's just talk a little bit about what, what are some of the plans for marriage? Let me just give you five things to think about today. And, and I encourage you to take notes and just jot these things down because I really do think they're going to they're they're help you as you do craft this plan for, for, your, for your marriage. Uh, the first thing that you need to have a plan for is you need to have a plan for faith. You need to have a plan for faith. If, this is, if faith is supposed to be the center of our lives, okay, then it should be the first plan for our life. <laughs> if faith is going to be the, the center of our relationship, then it should be the first plan that we create for our marriage. And, and when I say faith, I'm talking about how are you going to grow in your faith journey? How are you going to become a closer Jesus follower? What is your plan for your life to look more like Jesus February of 2025 than it does 2024? Because here's just what I've discovered. If you don't have a plan for that, it don't happen. It doesn't happen. You've got to have a plan. So what is your plan for faith? Is your plan going to be, hey, I'm going to attend, uh, uh, you know, the, the most Sundays that I can? Like Sundays is going to be a vital part of my plan. Being in the room on Sundays, that's going to be a vital part of my plan. Okay, well, then that, that means that you, you can't miss church every time you sneeze. Right, like if it's a part of your plan, that means you got to be here. If that's not part of your plan, you sneeze, you stay home. That's fine, but if it's a part of your plan, all right, you got to be here. Right? You need a plan for Bible reading. Right. What is the most intimidating thing is that people look at a Bible from Genesis to Revelation, some a thousand pages, and they're like, oh, God, where do you start? And then they pick the wrong place, and they're like, I don't understand anything about that. And they put it down, they're like, I'll try in six months, right? It's like, no, okay, what is your plan? you got to have a plan. you got to have a plan. So what do you need to do? You need to talk to somebody who's a little bit further along in their journey. Let them help you out. Say, hey, here's what you need to read. Here, let me craft a Bible reading plan for you. Now on the YouVersion Bible app, and there's websites now that will help you design a Bible reading plan. You can read a whole lot of the Bible. You can read a little bit of the Bible. You can read, they've got everything that you want. But here's what I've discovered. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a plan. You, you, you need a plan for, for faith in your family when it comes to like you're teaching, kids, you're teaching kids scriptures, teaching kids how to pray. Now, now let me just say this. Um, uh, I, I came from a Christian family. Destiny came from a pastor's family, okay? And I came from a Christian family, and, and my, my mom is here in the room. My dad is, is actually uh, out on, uh, he's on vacation. So, uh, and I, I, I was raised awesome. I was raised in an awesome family. Okay, but here's what my parents were. My parents were like country Christian. I'm saying like country Christian. Like, I mean, like we're Christian. Like we believe in God, but when you have a headache, the first thing is don't pray for it. Like you're fine, get over it. Right, like we're country Christian. I mean, like we we gonna pray, but it's like okay, you know, your leg hurts. Okay, we're not praying about that. Get up, walk it off. Right, rub some dirt on it. Okay, you're gonna be fine. You do your part. God'll do His. Okay, you can walk. All right, I mean that's it. A country Christian, right? But Destiny was raised up like pastoral Christian, right? They pray for everything. They lost the car keys. It was a family prayer meeting. 
Oh, God, show us, reveal it, Lord, Lord, speak to us, right? And they're like, oh, look, here the keys are, right? Right? I mean, that's the, that's the way they pray for everything. So when, when we came into marriage, okay, I came, I came country Christian, okay? Destiny, Destiny came pastoral Christian. So one day, I remember Carolina was young, and, and I can't remember what, oh, she had fallen down and, like, hurt her elbow or bumped her head or something, right? She's crying, and Destiny says, Hey, uh, babe, this would be a great time to pray for. <laughs> she's not getting saved today. I mean, she's, right? I mean, I was so confused, right? And, and, and here's what, and then it was like, oh, like that's what you guys did in moments. Like, y'all actually, you, you prayed. And so, so here's, here's, what, here's what was amazing. Here's what was here's what was, what was amazing about that is that Destiny had to teach me in this in this role. Destiny walked with me. What does it look like to walk faith out with children in this kind of way? She had to teach me, right? I don't care. You can say all day, a priest of the home, whatever. She had to teach me because I didn't know. I was, I was country Christian. I was like, get up, dust it off, walk it off. You're gonna be fine. And it's like, oh, 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 no, no, no. I, let's pray. You know, like let's pray first, right? Then then get up, walk it off. Right? But I mean, we're gonna pray first. <laughs> We're going to pray first. Here's what I would say about your faith journey. L- listen, listen. You've got to, you, you got to take initiative, but here's what you got to do. You got to be patient. Because many times this takes longer than, than, than you, you think it should. Okay? And people will get frustrated on, on, the, on the prayer journey, right? I, I've been in this thing for, for 20 years now. We, we, our oldest kid is 12. And I can tell you that I, I, I still revert back to, hey, get up, you're gonna be fine. And Destiny has to remind me so many times, hey, you, you might, wanna, might, wanna, might wanna pray, right? Wanna pray for, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay, so she still has to help me. I'm still on the journey. I'm better than I used to be. But you gotta be patient along the journey, okay? Uh, here's what, here's what you, you need another plan. You need a plan for your family. Okay, so you got to have a plan for faith. How are you going to grow in your faith? How are you going to raise your family in faith? But then, but then you need you need a you need a plan for family, family culture. What, what is what is your mission statement, right? What, what is going to be the mission statement of your family, your marriage, with your children? What are what are you trying to accomplish on the earth? What are your core values? In the, uh, the, uh, in the D's house, our core values are gratitude, generosity, and grit. Gratitude, we live with our hands up because we're thankful. We live with our hands out because we're, we're, we're giving to those people around us. And then grit, we live muscles up because in the D's family, we are tough country Christian. Okay, I mean, we are tough. <laughs> All right, we, we, are, we are tough. We don't quit. We're resilient. So everything in our family, it always comes back to one of these three core values. So we don't chase rabbit trails on all these different things that our kids have, like all these things that are trying to remember and all these rules and all these different things and all this stuff. No, if everything comes back to three things. Were we grateful? Were we generous? And, and you can be generous with your words, generous with your uh, uh, compliments, generous with great. Are you generous? Every, everything is included in those three things. Were you grateful? Were you generous? Did you, did you have some grit? Were you tough? Everything, so everything in our parenting, it always comes back to our core values because it's our family culture. These are the three things that are the most important to us. So we keep bringing everything back to those things. And so you just need to have a plan for your family culture because if you don't have a plan, then one day your child graduates high school and walks out the front door and you're like, what happened? Do they have everything that they needed? 
did I do what I was supposed to do? Well, probably not if you didn't have a plan, right? And so you, you, have, to have, a, you have to have a plan for, for those things, a family time, a, a plan for uh, uh, all those different things, electronics, whatever you want to say, you need a plan. You need a plan for your family, your family culture, your family dynamic. Here's the third thing you need a plan for. You need a plan for your future. You need a plan for your future. What does your future look like? What does your future look like? I remember we, Dustin and I were uh, doing a pre-marriage counseling. This is years ago. And, and the couple was like, I mean, they're like weeks away from getting married. They've been engaged for like a year, but they're about to get married. They kind of put off their, you know, their, their uh, uh, counseling or whatever. And so we're doing this counseling. And we sit down and, and, uh, uh, and we're like, so how many kids do y'all want to have? And, and the guy answers like right away. And he's like, oh, three or four. And you just see the look on the, on, on the, the girl's face. She's like. <laughs> and we're like, hey, well, what, what were you thinking? And she was like, I'm not sure I want to have kids. This is a conversation you guys might want to have in the next four weeks, right? I mean, it's like, okay, we need to have a plan. You need to have a plan for your future. For your, ki- for your kids, for your career, we, 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 need, we need to have a plan. What, what, does, what does the empty nest look like for you? What does retirement look like for you? You just need to have a plan for what do these things look like. And it's not that it has to be perfect and be exact, and it's not that it cannot change. We'll talk about that in just a second. But you still need a plan. You still need a plan. Why? Because the plan helps you stay focused on what matters most. And if you don't know what matters most, how can you stay focused on what matters most? You, 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 if, you don't, if you don't write these goals down, if you don't have these conversations, then how do you know what you're supposed to be focused on in this journey together? Here's the fourth thing, and I'm not going to spend much time on it, uh, but this is the, the finances. You need a plan for finances, okay? You need a plan for finances. You have a budget. Here's what you need to know. How much are we giving? How much are we saving? And basically, how much are we spending? That's what you just need. You just need a plan. How much are you going to give to God? How much are, how much are you going to save? And how much are you going to spend? Uh, finance is one of the, one of the, uh, the highest uh, causes of, of divorce. So you need a plan. You need a plan for, for your finances. Uh, let, me, let me get to this number five. Number five is you need to have a plan for your fights. You need to have a plan for your fights. One of the best things that I could say that Des and I have done in our relationship is, is this, is we, we, had a pl- we had a plan for fights, okay? Because here's the thing, if you don't have intentional conflict, you will have explosive conflict. That's right. You don't get to avoid conflict, here's what you get to do. You get to choose what kind you have. So you can have intentional conflict or you can have explosive conflict. And what Dessa and I decided to do is that, once again, after she, you know, tossed the book across the room, okay, uh, uh, and then we realized, okay, so what we started is we started a Sunday night, basically, family meeting. We, you could call it a staff meeting if you wanted to. Uh, it's, it's just, it was a Sunday night staff meeting. We would go over, over, over our budget. We would ask the same few questions every time. We would just cover these things. And what we, what we were doing is that we created a safe space where we knew if you had conflict or if I had conflict, this is the moment that we would bring it up. Because here's what so many people do. Tuesday at 530. It's been a long day. Somebody comes home from work, bad things have happened at work, they come walking through the door, and somebody has been thinking about something since 5.30 in the morning. 
And they're like, oh, I can't wait till he gets home. I can't wait till she gets home, right? I can't, I, I'm, today is the day we're having, and this person has been just minding their own business, right? All day long doing this stuff. And they come walking in the door and it's like, get down, get down, right? I mean, it's like, what is going on? Right? And if you're anything like me, and if you start getting shot at, then you're going to take out, boom, boom, you take out the bazookas, you know? So what we did is this. We created a moment where we would come together, and we knew this is the moment where we bring conflict. Because I'm prepared on Sunday night because I know this is the moment that we bring conflict. So if there's something that needs to change, if there's something, this is the moment we talk about that. So you're prepared. You know that tonight you might hear something that is, that is conflict-worthy. Okay, great. I'm ready for that. But, but Tuesday at 5.30 coming home after a, after a tough day, I'm not ready for that. I didn't know this was about to go down. And then it turns into explosive conflict. So you get to choose the conflict. And, and here's the one thing in fights, right, is, is that remember this. You're not fighting against each other. You're fighting with each other for a better future. It's not me versus you. It's me and you fighting for a better future. I, I, Dustin, I believe this. The scripture in, the, in Proverbs, it says iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. We, we believe that that, that that verse, it starts in marriage. Iron sharpens iron. That we are here to sharpen one another. This is what we are here for. We are here... Well, the only way that happens, the only way that iron gets sharp is when sparks fly. Conflict, conflict, conflict. And the conflict makes us better. Now, out of all of these things, look, we're talking about faith, we're talking about family, we're talking about finance, talking about future, talking about fights, talking about having a plan. Listen, relax, okay? Relax. You don't have to have a full plan today. You don't have to be sitting here and think, oh my God, I've never thought about having a plan. I just said I do, and I thought it was just going to work. I like, uh, uh, I, listen, just relax, relax, relax. Here's what all you have to do is you just have to start where you are and do what you can today. This is not a message to say, oh, God, you're behind if you haven't done this. No, no, no. What this is is to say, hey, there's a better way. There's a, there's a way that we can do this in creating a plan. Now, the plan is for now, right? The perspective is for the future. Well, we're talking about future focus last week, but the plan is for now. Now, here's what I would t tell you about hope, is that I, I really believe that hope comes from seeing that things aren't as good as they can be yet, and that there's still more that I can do right now to make things better. To me, that's hope, man. When I look and would think, wow, man, like that's, I've never really thought about like having a plan for for, for my fights, like I've never even thought about that. Or I've never thought about having a, a plan for faith, like a real plan, like a detailed written out plan for my faith. Like I, I've never even thought about that. I said, okay, so what that does is that gives me hope. That shouldn't depress me, okay? That shouldn't make me feel bad. That should give me hope to go, wow, look how far, look how far I can do. If I will start doing these things now, look at this gap that I have to improve. Now, sometimes the gap from where you are to where you can be, it's intimidating, but let me tell you this, it can also be inspiring. Because this is where I am today, but I'm not stuck here. 
My marriage doesn't have to be the way it is right now all the way until death do us part. This thing can get better, and that gives me hope. That gives me hope. Proverbs 21.5 says this. It says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Notice it doesn't just say planning. It says good planning because you need a good plan. And then what do you have to do? You got to work. You got to work the plan. <laughs> you have a good plan. You work the plan. And it leads to prosperity. Prosperity being a thriving, flourishing, and successful condition. But, but if we try to take shortcuts, and we say, I don't really need a plan for my finances. I mean, do you really need a plan for your fights, right? Is that really essential? And you want to take shortcuts and not create plans for these essential elements of, of relationship and of marriage? Then guess what? It's, go, it's going to lead to poverty. And poverty just means this. It just means insufficiency. It means lack. There's going to be something lacking. There, there's something lacking. There could be more, but you just don't have it because you don't get there through the shortcuts. Napoleon Hill says this. Napoleon Hill said, create a definite plan for carrying out your desire and, and begin at once, whether you're ready or not to put this plan into action. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Start today. Start today. Start where you are. In, you go one category. You go shallow in all five categories. But start today. What can I do to create a plan in this area right now? And just start. You say, but Phil, I'm not really ready. I don't know all the things that you, I don't know all the stuff that you're talking about. That's fine. Just start where you are. Even when you don't feel prepared or ready, just start anyway. But I want to give you this next Napoleon Hill quote because this is where practice really comes in. And we're going to wrap this up. And if you want to hear the rest of this, you can listen to the 1115 because I'm not going to get all the way through it. <laughs> but this is where it really shifts into practice because Napoleon Hill, the same person that just said that quote, he also said this. He says, the majority of men meet with failure because of their lack of persistence in creating new plans to take the place of those which fail. What does that mean? It means not every plan you make is going, to is going to work the way that you thought it was going to work. <laughs> and this is why the practice part of marriage is so vital. Because you can create the best plan that you can create right now. But whenever you try to make it work and it don't work, Don't just keep on trying to do something that don't work. <laughs> you got to change the plans that aren't working. The plan of marriage and the practice to marriage and practice of marriage, they work together. Let me be clear about this today. Our purpose and our perspective never change. The purpose of marriage and the perspective of marriage, they never change. But here's what will often change: our plan and our practice. They change with every season, every season of life. They will change because some of it will work and some of it won't. Like I was a football coach. There's a lot of ways to win football games. You can just commit to offense and outscore your opponent, win games 62 to 55. <laughs> You can play great defense, control the ball, 
and you can win 14 to 7. There's a lot of ways to win a football game. Well, you know what? There's a lot of ways to be married. You're like, did he just compare football to marriage? Yes, I did. Destiny's not here to speak for herself, okay? (laughs) But listen to me. It's your marriage. It's yours. And there's two questions that I really want to ask today. Number one, what do you want to build? And number two is this, what are you currently building? What do you want to build? And two, what are you currently building? Because if what we want to build is not what we are currently building, we have, two, we have only two options. There's only two choices. Revise the plan, because the plan isn't what it needed to be. Revise the plan, or two, just work harder at the plan. That's all you got. Revise the plan, or just keep working the plan. If you got a good plan and it's just taking longer, just keep working that plan, working that plan, working that plan. But if you think, man, there may be something wrong with this plan right now. Maybe I don't have a plan. Maybe it's not a thorough plan. Okay, I need to revise the plan. What do you want to build in your marriage? And lastly, what are you currently building? The the practice of marriage. So we gotta create the plan. The practice of marriage, right? What do I always say? I always say that the gain is always found in the again, right? The gain is found in the again. That's where it is. It's just the reps. It's the reps. It's the reps. It's the reps. Look, in football, if it doesn't work, you get up, you do it again. If it kind of works, you get up, you do it again. If you're almost perfect, you get up, you do it again. Guess what? When you do it perfect, what do you do? You get up, you do it again. Why? Because that's what practice is. Practice is building permanence. Practice is building permanence. And if I'm saying I want to take my relationship from a good relationship to an extraordinary relationship, if I'm saying I want to take what I have now and I want to live everything that God created me to live, if I'm saying I want to take it good and make it great, If I'm saying I want to take what I have now, but I want the fullness of everything that God said was possible, then it's going to require change. And change requires practice. And you get up and you do it again. And you do it again. And you do it again. And if you will keep practicing, listen to me, if you will keep practicing at this thing called marriage, just like anything else, if you practice at it, guess what? You can get pretty good at it. But you know what most people do? They just stop practicing. And they get where they are and they're like, all right, I guess we can ride it out here. I guess we can ride it out. Like, I mean, I guess we, I mean, you know, we're not gonna get divorced, we'll stay married. We'll just kind of ride it out. We'll just ride out the next 20 years, ride out the next 30 years. I mean, I guess we'll just kind of live in our own worlds, right? Just kind of do our own thing, right? We'll just kind of do that. And like, we can just kind of make this thing work to the end. Friends, listen, that's not what God created you for. Keep practicing. Keep practicing. Here's the thing, nobody likes practice. 
Allen Iverson didn't like practice. Practice, right? I mean, nobody likes practice. Only the sports fans laughed at that, right? You know, everybody's like, who's Allen Iverson in practice? Long story, don't have time for it, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be in a car driving right now. Okay, listen. <laughs> practice, nobody likes practice, but guess what? It's what it takes. Don't settle, don't settle. Don't settle for less than God's best. Keep practicing. Revise the plan and practice. Revise the plan and practice so that you can maximize this thing called marriage because it is beautiful and God intended it to be that way. Come on, will you stand with me right now? I want you to bow your head. Listen, today's not about overwhelming you. Today's not about in, in trying to intimidate. Today's not about any of that. Here's what today's about. Today's about just lifting up your eyes to go, wow. Wow. Wow, there are some things that I can do now that will help me in this journey to what I want out there. If you just say today, Philip, I, I, want, I want everything in my marriage that God wants for me. And, and, and if, if that's you today, and you say, and, and I'm willing to do the work of creating the plan, and I'm willing to do the work of putting that plan into practice and repping that thing out over and over and over until the life that I, the marriage that I'm currently building is the, is the marriage that I want to have. And I'm committed to that. You say, that's what I want to do. I want that kind of marriage. That's what I want. What you think about that? Are you willing to work uh, to create a good plan? And are you willing to practice that plan? Father, I pray in Jesus' name. God, that this, that this day would create good conversation in marriages. God, I pray that this day would not be depressing, but it would be inspiring. God, I pray that this day would not be a day of gloom, but it would be a day of hope. God, I pray that you would take these words, that you would take these principles, that you would take these things, and that you would work them together to create a beautiful, beautiful marriage for each and every one of us. God, we thank you for that. We love you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast. For more content from NCC and how to get connected, visit ncc.team.